Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to Fake History. I am joined, as always, by John Gildy and Lisa Lind. How are you, gentlemen? Yeah. Fantastic. Um, Hello. Yeah, that, 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 that Great music, to be back. That music, was that like a homage to 70s porn? Just don't even be surprised anymore, John. Honestly, <laughs> I think he does it deliberately now. I got a hard thing the last night because I was too dancey, and now, and now I'm getting and So now you're playing on that, yeah? Yeah, I said, <laughs> I said if it makes a change instead of playing myself. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Nothing to say that he wasn't doing them simultaneously. Oh, God, I hate you guys. It's, it's so tempting. I always have to remind myself not to, like, I, I have to put tape over the off switch and the mute buttons on this computer. Just so I don't have um, but there we go. So welcome back, everybody. So we are looking at Jeffrey Epstein part two today um so the last time that we had you with us we were very much looking at jeffrey epstein himself his actual life and where he got his money from and uh, on his death and uh, whether or not he was uh, he was killed whether he committed suicide or indeed whether he was actually um taken away an interesting one obviously we've now had um Galen maxwell We'll be looking at it in some detail today, um, but obviously she's um, now handed herself uh, into the authorities, etc., or arranged um, to to meet up with authorities and been put in prison, something like that. Just just one thing, which I'm not taking notes over, but I thought was an interesting thing that they're almost trying to get ahead of the curve because they came out um, earlier in the week and uh, stated that they've removed all cameras from her cell. So she has some privacy. <laughs> that's useful. Because, you know, if you bang people out in prison, then, you know, that's, uh, you're really worrying about their privacy. They shouldn't have any fucking doors. They shouldn't have anything. They should have, like, a, like should have bars and that's it. Um, you know, like... She'll really, be having lobster yes. for supper tonight, mate. Yeah, exactly. She'll be having something. She'll be having something. But there we go. Um, so, yeah, so there we go. So this week, what we're going to do is we're going to look a little bit more in depth to the background so you, you've got the, the people who were influencing um shall we say um him and we will also look at what's behind the whole thing i mean i don't think that jeffrey epstein was um giving people these uh, these young girls or or or, or uh, putting them in harm's way for his own good, for his own pleasure. There's yeah. clearly something behind it. Um, and we're going to look at some of the characters um, who are maybe behind this uh, and get to the bottom of it. So I think one of the, the key characters, because obviously we've got Ghislaine Maxwell is banged up at the minute in the States. So we're going to look at her. But before we get to her, because I'm not convinced, if I'm all honest, I think she's very much a, a mere bit part, part player. But what I mean in that is she's, she's, she knows everything. She's up to her neck in it. But she's, she's a pawn. She's very much, um, I think we said that uh, Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey Maxwell was the, uh, was the king. He'd been made the king by the kingmaker. And he was really, you know, she was really his assistant, <clears throat> for um, lack of a better term. I want to start by looking at her father. Now, I believe, John, I think you've looked into uh, Robert Maxwell a bit, haven't you? Um, just a bit of background before you go, which was just Robert Maxwell, who was uh, basically, he owned Mirror Publications, um, which owned a lot of the, 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 the main press at the time in the 90s, 80s, 90s. 
huge amount of money. Um, died, which I'm sure John will tell you about shortly. Um, and after he died, he was found to have embezzled a hundred million pounds from the pension fund from the uh, from his workers. Um, so yeah, he he went from a sympathetic character to a not so sympathetic character. But I think there's a bit in his background as well that that we need to look into as well. So over to you, John. What have you got a little bit for us on on Robert Maxwell? Well, I'm going to start off. I'll I'll start off at the end. I'll start off with his funeral. Yeah, uh, we may as well just 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 get in there. And we'll just uh, he at his funeral, there was six serving and former heads of Israeli Israeli intelligence services, which are better known as Kendall Mossad. Yeah, uh, and and um, the the. At the funeral, the Israeli Prime Minister at the time, Shamir, eulogised him and stated he has done more for Israel than could today be told. So quite quite clearly, even then, he, um, he obviously has links to Mossad as well. He first came into contact with uh, Mossad or came into their kind of orbit in the 1970s. I don't know if you remember this guy, but he stole the, they stole the most sophisticated piece of intelligence gathering software, the Enhanced Promise. Uh, and basically, Mossad made an electronic Trojan horse from it as well. And Maxwell was quite kind of uh, prevalent in getting that to them as well. So he's mm-hmm. always had he's always had links with uh, with Mossad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, his. Um... What I find quite interesting is that the, the Foreign Office files, um, so the British Foreign Office files, this is, um, I, I forget, well, we're, we're up to something like 30 countries now, uh, listen to us. So we have to, you have to kind of th- think you're like, okay, get out of your small local of Scotland here. But um, yeah, so what I find quite interesting, the British Foreign Office files on um, there are a couple of different, a couple of different things. First thing is he's known as Captain Ian Maxwell is what the file's title is, which is quite interesting. Um, but they have him down as a double or triple agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what they suspect he was, either a double or a triple agent, which is quite interesting. Um, and they also say that they suspect he was financed by Russia. So a little bit of his background as well. Now, we need to be careful on this one. Um, We did a podcast um, a few weeks back called Black Lives Matter. Uh, And we were very straightforward about our thoughts uh, as poison, racism, etc. So I think it's incredibly important um, that we state out right here and now that is quite a lot in this podcast is going to come out about Israeli forces, Russian Jews, as well as America, etc. Now, we went full fire on the mafia and the CIA, etc. about JFK. Um, I am conscious that the Black Lives Matter message is getting confused in a lot of areas with the Black Lives Matter movement, which I and I think we in no way adhere to. So they have a, a, an anti-Jewish, anti-Semitic um, 
area, etc., and, and policy, which we certainly do not. It is coincidental that a lot of the characters in this are Jewish. Jeffrey Epstein is Jewish. We can't do anything about that. Gillian Maxwell is Jewish. Um, the Robert Maxwell is Jewish. We can't do anything about these, and these are not nice people. That does not mean all Jews are not nice people or we're anti-Jewish. I, I think you'll find the prevalence of the whole anti-Semitism oh, thing of the mythical stereotype around Jewish people being rich and powerful is actually mm-hmm. being perpetuated by the circles around Epstein. So it's yeah. not like on us. Exactly. You know? But it's incredibly important before we start like the, the, this the, that had to be said um, before we go into it. So yeah, so we have... Robert Maxwell, right. So he's a double troubling agent. We reckon he's financed by Russia, or the British reckon he's financed by Russia. He's got six ex-heads of Mossad at his funeral. So he's definitely got those two. Areas. And he was, a call, he, was, he was given near enough a state funeral as well in Israel. Yeah. Mm. Also, I think it's the, the, some of the people, you were talking about people eulogising about him um, at his funeral. Um, it was also attended by <coughs> both um, Neil Kinnock from Labour and John Major from the Conservatives, who both said incredibly nice things about the guy and about how um, incredibly important he was um, with uh, in terms to do with... yeah. But, intelligence i think it was um, i think it was major that was actually um saying that he, he was incredibly important um when there was a, a a coup in the soviet union or a technical coup in the soviet union um and during those days that he was incredibly important to the the british response etc to that so i mean the guy had serious serious links in the intelligence community i think it's probably where we're going um have you, what what else have you got on um on robert maxwell uh, john i've actually got another quote from the then israeli president mm-hmm. um as he lay in the hall of nation he said he scaled the heights kings and barons besieged his doorstep he was a figure of almost mythological stature an actor on the world stage bestriding the globe as Shakespeare says, like a colossus. Mm-hmm. So you know you've got like there's really prime minister, there's really president saying that you've got six people coming from or six ex things of Mossad as well. Yeah, um, but he's yeah he's a very he's a very interesting, very interesting. But it's not just him; he's he's his colleague as well at um, the Daily Mirror as well, who was actually in a book that was written. A guy called Nicholas Davis, who was Robert Maxwell's number two, he was actually claimed in this book uh, by Seymour Hersh that uh, Nicholas Davis found out. Would you know about the guy called uh, Van uh, Vanunu? Vanunu, Vanunu, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would try, try not to get tongue tied saying that all freaking day. It's a lot of weird anyway. names that'll crop up in yeah, this one, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's quite an interesting one as well that he was basically being kept by Maxwell's rival uh, newspaper, the Sunday Times, because he was about to expose uh, Nicholas Davis and Maxwell mm-hmm. and his, his, his really secrets as well. Yeah. So uh, he's quite an interesting character as well. Yeah. yeah and, and what happened very, to very, Zanunu? Uh, funnily enough, he was lured to Italy mm-hmm. by an agent and uh, a female agent uh, got in his London hotel room. They took him to Italy. He was drugged, 
<laughs> abducted and returned to Israel, and he get convicted for 18 years and imprisoned for treason. Yeah, from our friends, that's our friends at uh, Mossad who did that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know when that was and where in Italy by any chance? Uh, uh, Rome. Rome, yeah. That was Rome. So between the 70s and 90s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 88s, I think. I had it open somewhere, I can check. uh, 1986, it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was 1986. Okay, that's good. Right, the um, now while we're on the subject as well, because we're I'll, I'll try wherever possible because just the nature of this one, you we're going to be dancing all over everywhere because everything's linked, and this is the issue with it. Everything's linked, and everybody's linked to everybody, and it's just it, it gets crazy, and it's it's a real mind fuck. Actually, pardon the French, but it, it really is a real mind fuck to get your way around. So while we're here. Why are we talking about Robert Maxwell? Well, Robert Maxwell, he was claimed, to, and we're saying why he's, he's so important. So we're saying, well, he, he was definitely a British agent. We know that. Working, working for British intelligence, we know that. We know he was working for Israeli intelligence for a fact because one of his handlers at the time was a chap called Ari Ben Menashe. Who, John, you've, have you got a little bit on um, Ari Ben Menashe? Um, I'll, uh, I'll start out with a quote. I've he, got, yeah, I've got, yeah, I've got a wee bit. I've got a wee bit on him. Yeah, yeah. he claims mm-hmm. he claims to have worked for Mossad from 1977 to 1987, but Mossad have uh, vehemently denied those claims. Yeah. Um, he basically uh, kind of uh, is really bus- businessman, security consultant, um, but he said he worked along the main entities of the military in uh, Israel, but he's actually Iranian mm. as well. He, uh, was, um, yeah. he was arrested in 1989 mm-hmm. uh, with charges on uh, uh, arms, and that's when he fell out with who I've just mentioned, Maxwell's number two, Davies. That's mm-hmm. how they fell out. So this is how this whole thing started to come about. Yeah. He, he was also... The, the reason that most I don't really want to acknowledge anything to do with this guy is that he headed up the Iran Contra arms deal with the United States etc um, which was a, quite a big thing back in the day uh, and then he was also the advisor um, I'm trying to remember which one of the Israeli presidents anyway the, the one with um, Arafat and uh, Yasser Arafat and the Israeli Prime Minister um, got together and they, they brokered the peace deal. They both won the, the Nobel Peace Prize. Shimon Yeah, I'm not sure if it was him, um, but it was whoever it was at the same time, whichever one it was. Um, but this was the, he was the advisor to the, uh, the President at the time. He went and met Yasser Arafat. Now, this deal really isn't overly popular with a lot of Israelis. And especially Mossad, because Mossad, make no doubt and bones about it, are, are a very dangerous, dangerous and very effective secret society. See, secret society, they're a military institution. But um, but they're one, probably one of the most effective um, in the world. Uh, and they are very, very hard line. So they would not take kindly to this, uh, to this peace treaty uh, at all. But where are we taking the jump from this to Epstein and Galen Maxwell and all the rest of them? Well, it transpires that this guy has met Epstein and was a friend of Epstein. 
I hear you cry. Where did he meet Epstein? Well, he met Epstein for the first time in the Daily Mirror offices of Robert Maxwell in London. And they were great friends. And Epstein at that point, and we're not, I'm not saying any, anywhere really that, that the links Robert Maxwell directly to Epstein, you know, when you're looking it up, etc. Apart from you've got this guy, and he actually claims that Epstein was working for Robert Maxwell at the point. It's quite interesting. Another point, so the name of the yacht um, that Robert Maxwell fell, in inverted commas, to his death. Anybody? <laughs> Lady Glenn. Yeah, Lady Glenn. I named after his daughter. Now, I'm going to come back to this later on, um, but we, we, we now know that they own a yacht, and this was off the Canary Isles. Was where he um, was where he was lost overboard. Um, no signs of any um, any foul play apart from um, there was one graze on one of his shoulders, um, I believe. Um, but then the other side of that he was known to get up nude in the middle of the night and go for uh, go yeah go for his for, post his post his post midnight piss as they class them yes uh, uh, over uh, the side of the boat and they, they reckon he fell over I think not I think not certainly um, Ari Ben Manash when asked about it in an interview um, which I have watched um, said that he's in no doubt that he was disposed of um, for exactly the reasons that the, the John brought up. So where are we now? Um, because we really need to take this a bit piecemeal. So where are we now? We, we now have Robert Maxwell, who apparently then set up or introduced, certainly, his daughter, Ghislaine, to Jeffrey Epstein. But we are going back to 1977. Far, far, far earlier than anything has been kind of remotely hinted at or said. Um, so yeah, that's, that's that's a very interesting one. Remember, and we already know about Jeffrey Epstein's pension for young girls, etc. You have to wonder, wonder just exactly at what point that the the, uh, the two of them became close um, because they certainly did become close. Um, Lee, have you got uh, have you got a little bit maybe on um, on on Ghislaine, um, or Ghislaine, Ghislaine? I think it's Ghislaine, isn't it? Um, Ghislaine, yeah, yeah. Ghislaine, yeah, Ghislaine Maxwell. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I've got a lot on Ghislaine. I've got bits on Ghislaine. Mm-hmm. Um, Just some of the interesting points from her. I've got one for you. She yeah, was born on Christmas. She was born on Christmas Day. A gift to us all. Annika. There we go. She was born. She was born on Christmas Day, and then two weeks later, his eldest son died in a car accident. There you go. There's a, there's an interesting fact for you. She started quick. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So have you got anything about Galene? Um, in a relationship with... I mean, the, the, one of the first things that I've got of her meeting uh, Epstein, which is now obviously wrong, but the, last thing that I can, the only thing that I could count, um, or at least verified online, was uh, that she met him in the early 90s, actually, mm-hmm. 
I had not long after their father's death. Um, a very interesting character that she was associated with one of her boyfriends, Count Gianfranco Sig- Sonia Mazzoni, potentially, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, mm-hmm. um, of the Siga Hotels clan, which later sold to Marriott. Um, but strangely enough, he was also an ambassador order of Malta mm-hmm. at the embassy in Kenya. Um, he also sponsored the Benetton F1 team owned by Flavio Briatore. And Maxwell basically, after meeting Epstein, she very, very, very quickly moved into his uh, new Manhattan um, mansion bestowed upon him by Les Wexner. Um, Les Wexner, I'll, I'll I, just... I don't, I don't... Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. carry on. Yeah, no, 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 I mean, I was just a way to say it. I, I, I go on to a little bit of something else, really, after that. Not not so much the... I mean, you know, basically that Maxwell, she, her key role in everything was opening the doors. She was the gateway to the upper echelons of society, money, and power for him, you know. Yeah. Her social yeah. like connections was, was mm-hmm. his main um, benefit from, from having Maxwell around, besides whatever the hell they got up to before. Mm-hmm. Um, and our link to some of the dodgiest people on the planet, never mind the ones forged by our father's connections. Mm-hmm. But um, I'll let you go back to Les Webster because yeah, I've got, yeah. I've got stuff on it. Just yeah, just, just on just on that as well. What you were saying about Galena being the um, the the gateway is quite interesting because yeah. again, the the phrase that was used by this uh, by this Israeli agent that we're talking about, Ari Ben Manash, was that she was seen as, uh, but Epstein saw her as the breakthrough into that orbit. So yeah, when yeah. I was talking about, um, I mean, everybody knows now about the Prince Andrew thing, right? Prince Andrew was a friend of hers and that's where he met uh, Epstein, etc. cetera. Um, Chelsea Clinton was a friend of hers. Uh, where went yeah, they were at a bloody wedding. Now the Clintons, and where we start to tag things and, and, and sort of join threads here, because I, I do want to do that and try and keep it as, as neat and tidy as we can. So let's do it as we go along. Now, the Clintons, apparently, we know that Bill Clinton spent a lot of time with Jeffrey Epstein and went to that island, etc. As did the, the Clintons, Chelsea Clinton, etc. Was, was a friend of theirs. The Iran-Contra deal, uh, the arms deal, um, that we were discussing, which with Mossad, etc., was was involved in with Ari Ben Mossad, uh, Manash. Um, Clinton was lent on because by this point, Epstein and therefore Mossad through Epstein, or perhaps not Mossad, but certainly an Israeli intelligence group, shall we say, because there is something else to come later. Um, owned Clinton as far as this was concerned. So that could not be touched. So that, that arms deal would go through and he basically kept a lid on the whole thing. It did become public at one point, it became very, very messy. But Clinton did as much as he could to, to sort of play it down and keep the key players from the um, from public light. I was going to do one thing later, but I'm just going to, because we're talking about her contacts, I'm going to go down, down just now. Um, I'm, I'm just going to go and see it. Um, 
because I, I think it's important. Now, we did another podcast not long ago uh, about a missing girl called Madeleine McCann. And there is a photo fit of a girl that was, uh, or a woman that was a potential abductor that was seen with a child around the harbour area. And it looks remarkably like Ghislaine Maxwell. I mean, remarkably like Ghislaine yeah. Maxwell. Now, where'd you go with this? We know she has a submarine license. We yeah, know she does. That's a fact. She has her access to her father's boat, which is no longer, obviously he's no longer using it, which is in that neck of the woods because it's based in the Canary Islands. Okay, that's the first thing. Now, there's some other characters that we brought into it, right? Okay. Jeffrey Epstein was a friend of Peter Mandelson. Mm-hmm. Peter Mandelson was a friend of Prince Andrew. Peter Mandelson was the right hand of Tony Blair, who was the right, who was Prime Minister at the time of Marlon McCann's disappearance. Ghislaine Maxwell was tasked with providing up to three girls per day for Epstein's personal use, as well as the use of anybody else he should say. You're going to like this one, Lee. Peter Mandelson worked with PR spinner Matthew Freud, Sir Clement Freud's son, who befriended <laughs> the McCanns after the child went missing. Yeah. There's a hell of a lot there, guys. <laughs> I, oh, I have is. to tell you. Oh, no, that really is. <laughs> um, because you've got also, a missing girl you know, and you've got... Yeah, on you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. Glenn Maxwell, mm-hmm. and this is well documented, was mm-hmm. Reddit's most prolific Redditor for over a decade. And I do mean we're looking at every single day for more than 10 years, she'd upload new posts and we'd always have something to talk about. Even discuss the legal age of consent quite frequently mm-hmm. um, across different states and countries. And there was only one break she took, one week off, where there was no posts. Mm-hmm. And you now know exactly what happened in that week, don't you? You're joking. Seriously? No, I'm not. 100%. The only week that Ghislaine Maxwell did not post anything on Reddit, yeah, mm-hmm. for over 10 years, was the week that Madeleine McCann went missing. How you like me mm, now? Interesting. Hey. Come on. What, what, what was she doing? There's a, there's a lot there. Taking a, spe- a submarine for a scoot. I was going to say, <laughs> that's, that's exactly. That's the thing, if you've got a yacht, you, you take the kid on the yacht, you take it out half a mile, get into the fucking submarine and off you go. Done. What kid? Done. And it's, yeah, that's mental. That's, mental. that's crazy, isn't it? Like, yeah, you- I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't buy that. No, she, Ma- Madeline McCann was a too young for Epstein, no. But Epstein, no but who says, to, for Epstein? No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But but even even if well, you've just right. you've just you just said two seconds ago that she had to get him three girls a day, which I've read as well. But I also said for him by that by then backed that up by saying or for whoever. Let, let's not forget about a certain chap who had a big, massive million pound mansion there, who was uh, doing whatever he was doing. 
you know, potentially um, on top of the of a ring in, in that area. Yeah. 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 Mm. So, I mean, I mean, if you look at how many paedophiles were in that area as well, were they, was it just for them? Or was this maybe not even necessarily paedophiles, but people we're providing look, to that ring? We're looking at, we're looking, what we're looking at, though, we're looking at fixers, right? We're looking at fixers. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at Epstein was providing, like, Epstein was a bad man, right? He was a very bad man. But I said, I think I said last time when I'm saying this time, he's not the guy we need to go after. He was, for, for his crimes, yes, certainly. But He's he, potentially the American ringleader. Mm-hmm. You could always break it down. But he was providing for X, Y, and Z. Now, an interesting point, just going back to Robert Maxwell, here's an interesting point. 2007, much after his death, then 2007, it was discovered that he had a whole load of tapes and he had been taping all conversations with his staff, with this, with that, everywhere was taped. Does that sound like anywhere else or anybody else we know? Remember, his good friend Jeffrey Epstein had cameras absolutely everywhere. A common theme, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, let's, let, let, let's jump off now. So I think, I, I think we've done that bit. So what I wanted to bring up is that we, we now have, and it's a bit of a jump, but it's not really. So you now have a lot of the key characters in the Madeleine McCann, together with two fixers, which is Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. Whatever happened, if you're like, if you're going down that and saying, right, okay, well, that's a potential way of doing it. And I've not seen this anyway, right? But basically, Ghislaine Maxwell has taken her submarine and whisked her away. The amount of expense, etc. They would be involved for something like that and to take it away to Morocco or whatever she went or wherever she would have been spirit to wait it would mean that that was for a potentially incredibly important client, I would suggest. Um, or for somebody that they really wanted to have power over. Now, if what our friend from Israeli intelligence, Manash, is to be believed, the American president was in their pocket. The American president was the one that was covering for the Iran Contra, Ramsey. So he was, he, you know, he was he was the main man that was doing that. So I don't think it's too much of a, of a stretch to, to to say that you know if they, some of these you know key people they, they they had in the palm of their hands. So yeah, would it be interesting? Would one of these people want a three-year-old girl, a four-year-old girl, as uh, as as you know? It's, it's not it's not a bribe or anything like that. It's like this is what they're into. I can provide that for you. Mm-hmm. It then brings it up to the parents' door, or whatever. But that's that's. Oh, oh. I, I I get I get you where you're going with it. I just think it's it's very fucking cloak and dagger, isn't it? Right, grab her quick, make it to the yacht. Right, out here, I've got my submarine, let's go. You're taking but you're taking it. Yeah, but you're taking it the parents, you're taking it the parents don't know. So you're saying grab her. I'm not saying grab her. I'm saying we, we take her. Nah, you know, I'm being fussy. I know, I know. But I am just it's 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 just an incredible like it's just as I say, it's like when you when when you link 
the, the people to us. You've linked the government yeah. who have done something like, but we couldn't work, we're trying to work out why the government was so involved in the, in her case. You've got the spin doctor who's like for Tony Blair, Tony Blair who's a friend of Epstein. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then they all know Ghislaine Maxwell, she's got the submarine license, Clement Freud's son, who Epstein, and all this kind of stuff. And then they befriended McCann's and the other guy, but is that the first time they befriended McCann's and all this kind of stuff? It's very, it's very cloak and dagger, but that's not why we're here. We're not here for well, you say cloak and dagger, but actually, it just reveals the complicated situation. That it, that it actually is. Once you link the people together for their substance and, and, and their actual, what their goals individually are, eventually you can, you can link them for very strong reasons and you can connect them, which we'll, we're going to do today, you know, and you can actually see that on many occasions, as extreme as it may seem, there's a shared goal. Yeah. There is a shared goal here. Completely, completely. I'm not saying I'm not saying the disappearance are. I'm saying these people, these individuals are linked, and and there's no if buts and maze about it. These people are linked. When <laughs> but no, does no, that no, mean anything? It doesn't necessarily, but you know. Well, it, it does and it doesn't. But it, yeah. if we try to overcomplicate sometimes, but literally mm-hmm. linking the people, because again, you know, we're we're, we're not we're, we're already not saying Epstein's not the king of everything. He's he's not, and potentially he might just be, <laughs> you know, the president of the American branch. You know, Sir Clement Freud, for all we know, might be the president of the Spanish branch. And um, you can tailor off into different things like that. But what we do know is that all these people somehow are linked and connected. And we'll probably go a lot further, uh, a lot, lot more detailed soon. But mm-hmm. once you do see the similarities and the people that they share, you can tell without any shadow of a doubt that they are all working together towards the same end game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing I'm going to bring up about um, Ari Manash is that he has stated that Lex Wexner, is it Wexner? Um, who gave the... Les Wexner. Um, who gave um, the New York apartment to Epstein for, was it a couple of dollars or something? Um, uh, you, no, not at all. He just be, be bestowed it him on it. him. Yeah. Yeah, bestowed upon it. Same as his plane mm-hmm. and many other things and other properties, including the island. Mm-hmm. Um. Ari Benash states that Wexner was the boss as far as intelligence goes, the intelligence agencies of Jeffrey Epstein. Interesting. Very interesting. So yeah, so yeah, there's another one that has linked, another name that is linked and another reason that potentially, because why would Lex Wexner give this, you know, palatial apartment in New York to uh, to Jeffrey Epstein, um, and it should be noted as well. What I would say about that as well is it makes sense to me that this does make sense to me when I when I heard it. I only heard this today, and um, but he has stated um, that he was his um, he, he was his boss, and the reason that makes sense to me is because the cameras, etc. But when when he got this, Jeffrey Epstein got this apartment given to him, the cameras, etc. in every room were already there. So, you know, it's almost as if Wexner has prepared this flat for him to operate in this apartment building. 
uh, for Epstein to operate in and to supply people and knowledge and the goods on, if you like, these famous people. Which is which I, I think is a very interesting. It, it's interesting, like, but my I'm not disagreeing. I, I lean more towards the fact that Wexter was actually Epstein's first big whale. I mean, if if we go a little bit back to um, obviously um, getting uh, the job in Bear Stern, that was one of the main things because the the, the one thing that um, Epstein came away with after Bear and Stern, which was the most valuable uh, leaving gift ever, was a roller decks that he'd been building up for four years, and it was that roller decks of contacts that allowed him to fly solo afterwards. And uh, the first whale that he caught was Wexner. And if you look at how the money has been not transferred, not managed, or uh, however payments haven't been made, he basically took control over Les Wexner's finances. He made some bad deals, lost a lot of money. And the other money that was lost actually silently funded um, Epstein's whole organization or his his structure at least um the manhattan mansion i mean this is one of the key things about epstein everything that he's connected to tied to and linked to it's hardly ever his name he's never the ceo he's never the president he's never the anything of anything it's in some com uh, sub companies or umbrellas or in somebody else's name or he's funded these people and that's exactly what i have I'm not saying i'm correct that's what I have on Les Wexner. Um, I mean, he transferred and shifted and moved uh, over $1.3 billion worth of Les Wexner's business um, deals. Uh, it was fully in control of the whole entire finances of it. So it doesn't, it doesn't seem like somebody that's the boss, if you know what I mean. It looks like somebody stepped in and gotten something over the guy. Because he stripped the guy blind and he's taken everything off of him. Now, Les Wexner parted ways with him, what, in, I can't remember now, maybe, I can't remember. But anyway, when he parted ways with him, he was out of businesses, out of cash, out of money, out of a lot of things. He'd lost his island. He'd lost his, the most expensive mansion in, in New York. Uh, he'd lost a lot of things to Epstein. It doesn't seem to me that he's the boss then. Or did the new young buck come along? Is he is he is Epstein the new young buck taken over? You know, as you say, this mansion's all set up and ready to go. Because again, we're looking at a situation where you know, let's just say Epstein is the absolute top of it all, which I don't believe he is. Well, what happens if somebody puts a bullet through his head? Does the operation cease? Does the plan stop? It's just like if you assassinate a president. Very sorry to say, next day, guess what? New president. It carries on. Just my opinion on that one. Mm. Yeah. Um, John, was it you that, that, that reckoned you had some talking about assassinated presidents or something? Did you have something linking them to to Kennedy or was that Yuli? Was that somebody? What were we talking about? Uh, Epstein. Pass. No, I didn't. I, I, it was more about that the, the boy that wrote the book. Mm. Uh, in, in his book, uh, he claimed like some of the things in his book, so I'll just find it. Seymour, uh, Seymour Hershey's book of size, like to be called. Um, he's he's he became during the Kennedy era. 
he became fixated upon what to do about Israel's nuclear weapons. Um, but then somebody called... Uh, I can't remember a minute. Um, oh, what's that? Uh, Mc, uh, McCone, uh, who was employed by uh, John F. Kennedy to look into this real thing. And obviously when he um, was assassinated... The report for the next president, who was the next president after Kennedy? Lyndon B. Johnson. Yeah. He basically buried buried the report. He didn't want it, he didn't want it seen. And then in 1965, Robert F. Kennedy publicly called for the report's recommendations. Uh, and then it provoked uh, Lyndon B. Johnson to further buy the report. They didn't, they didn't, he didn't want to know what basically happened in, the, in Israel because he was probably part of it. Or help to do the help to get a go as well. Yeah. A very interesting character, that boy. Yeah. Mm, sounds it. Sounds it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, so, Lee, have you got some other uh, links to other people or anything you want to, 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 to bring up at this uh, this stage? Yeah, well, I mean, we've obviously mentioned Ghislaine Maxwell, mm-hmm. we've, we've mentioned Robert Maxwell. I've mentioned uh, Ghislaine's ex-boyfriend, um, we'll just call him Mazzoni, and we've gone through Les Wexner. Mm-hmm. So there is, I think I touched on also uh, the bars. So the first one was, was the, the, the father, Donald Barr, um, who was the headmaster of Dalton School. So we'll, we'll skip past that. Obviously, he got him out of trouble, most importantly, without Epstein's name being dirtied, without any reports being filed, and without any official uh, official damage to his name or reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on from that, I come to uh, Ace Greenberg, of course. Uh, obviously, Epstein dating his daughter um, got um, into the Bear Stern. Um, I, what I find strange about that, I know we've discussed it before, about how he in four years managed to do what somebody couldn't do in 20 years. Again, all these like little things of the impossible dream, it just seems that every single step in the way, there's been a plan in place to get Epstein to where he needs to be. Um, if you look at what happened in the Bear Stern incident, I mean, it certainly wasn't Epstein that took the fall for the 470-odd million-pound Ponzi scheme, which Epstein pretty much developed and led, let's be honest. Um, but it was known not as the Epstein Ponzi scheme, but it was the Stephen Hoffenberg one. So, again, Epstein comes out of this, the world's biggest Ponzi scheme thing, pretty much untouched, but more importantly, free to walk. So, um, yeah, then we went on to Les Wexner and how I believe Les, we- Les-, Les Wexner was one of the main sort of funds for this program or this plan, one of them, which there's obviously many of, but that takes us through, because again, what was interesting is any time that Epstein had a major purchase during that 15 years, it was literally within weeks after him shifting money through Wexner's business, the limited brands. So that included, uh, well, obviously, the Victoria's Secrets, which is, uh, I think, the start of something that that, that was quite interesting that happened. So Victoria's Secrets, um, basically, he managed to then supply his own sort of business, if you will, by 
secretly funding MC2. MC2 was a modeling agency specifically for females. Um, but to get somebody to run that, which Epstein couldn't, this is where we get an interesting chap called Jean-Luc Brunel involved. Um, he was known as a model scout in particular in Paris, but he has got, uh, he had a string of his own modeling agencies prior to Epstein's involvement, but Brunel was like drenched in accusations, accusations over decades of sexual assault and rape and things like that. But a bit like Epstein, never questioned, arrested, and managed to keep himself relatively out of the public spotlight until recently. Now he's definitely been chased down. But uh, even though he was successfully trafficking underage girls to Russia at the time. Now, he also takes claim of discovering Sharon Stone, Heidi Klum, and Mila Jovovich. Naomi Campbell comes back into play by being linked with Brunel on multiple occasions, including sharing flight logs with Brunel. So that's kind of where I was wanting to just backtrack a little bit on some of those things that we've gone over to see, well, what is the, why would you get, you know, why would you be involved with these people? And as we can see what he's then gone on to do to create a pedo ring, you can see how modeling agencies would hire these girls, which we've later found out that he stayed in several estates under Les Wexner's properties, Epstein's properties, mansions here, that building that we discussed the last time in Paris. Um, but basically um, building this network of people that all have very big benefits to him and expanding his circles again. If you want, I can go in and uh, explain some of those. I don't know if anybody had anything to say there, though. Um, yeah, the only the only thing I I'll let you carry on. The only thing I wanted to pick up there was the fact that I I think it's too simplistic to call this a pedo ring. I don't think that's what Jeffrey Epstein was. Oh no 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 not at all not at all. I, I just think there's a, a certain, that, like yeah, I said, there's a certain I, I, what I to... of his clients that that's the pedo what the... rig is a byproduct of what yeah. the actual crime that's going on. It's yeah. a byproduct, but it's it's important to see the steps in the timeline and the people who were involved at key points that have either protected him mm -hmm. or helped him take the next step or open the next door to opening up the circles, which they did. And yeah. don't get me wrong, that there is the, the pedo rig is let's not minimize what it is. That's not it's a crime, of course it's a crime, it's a monumental one, but that's not what this is about at all. The pedo ring is a byproduct. It just so happens there's enough fucked up powerful people in the world with enough money in the right places that want something from that, you know? So if they're the pedophiles, well, great. That's then the product that Epstein would shift upon them. And why? Well, obviously, to get what he needed. And as we've discussed, the properties, all the buildings and the private plane all linked up, all hooked up. That was for the sole purpose of blackmailing mm. in every single way. Um, but just to go back to Epstein and his first accusation in 2005, I just want to link the family bar into this, um, which was like quickly blown up, blown off by Acosta. Uh, Epstein gets off with that, but that was um, Attorney General Barr, who was the son of uh, the... 
the guy from um, the principal of the school, um, which I can't remember the name of. I mentioned it earlier. But anyway, so um, the bars, unfortunately, here we go, are a Jewish family. And they are pure Jewish as the roots go back. As is Maxwell, when you look at Ghislaine or Robert, it doesn't matter. They are pure Jewish blood from a Jewish family that slots in and protects his personal interests on his behalf, amongst many others. Um, Bear Stern was a Jewish company which protected his reputation by letting Stephen Hofferberg and uh, another fellow Jew take the full force of the blame for the Ponzi scheme. You can look at Ace Green, who was also Jewish, who ensured that Epstein's impossible progression to the top of the Jewish firm. Les Wexner, another Jewish fellow, um, allowed Epstein the access to huge funds and connections to the fashion world, protected his funds by holding all of Epstein's possessions under Wexner's name. <laughs> Jewish fellow John Luke Brunel protected Epstein's name and finances through the model agency MC2, which grew Epstein's access to models, girls, minors, and more. His real name is Jean Luc Benchamon. Benchamon. Um, which was changed. I, thought, I thought you were going to say Picardo. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is another P car coming. Or no, a Picasso. Um, but yeah, uh, sorry, Jean Luc Benjamin, which was changed during World War II to avoid being exposed to the Nazis. MC2 had offices. This is the modeling agency specifically for females. They had one in Miami and they had one in New York. They had another one, which was a head office. Kendall, could you take a stab in the dark and guess where? In New York? Oh, sorry, what? Yeah, Tell New us. York, and they've yeah. got one in Miami. And they've got their head office in? Go on, carry on. Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv, their head office just so happens to be a stone's throw from Mossad's headquarters. Would you believe that? Um, and the girls that he discovered, Mila Jovovich, is a Russian Jewish lady. Mm. Heidi Klum is of German Jewish descent. Uh, she, Heidi Klum, also went out with Flavio, Flavio Briatore. Naomi Campbell is Jewish and was engaged to Flavio Briatore. Ghislaine's ex-Count Gianfranco blah 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 Missouri was also Jewish and owned a huge hotel empire and personal playground in Kenya who sponsored Benetton F1 owned by Flavio Briatore. He also led the marketing department for Benetton. This is a guy who owns one of the world's biggest chains of hotels, amongst other things. But he fancied a job in the marketing department for an F1 company. Yeah? Okay. Um, Flavio Briatore also owned Billionaire Twiga and Billionaire Resort in Kenya. And are now known as Billionaire Life. Twiga is commonly translated as giraffe, but its most used definition is as an abbreviation for true warrior in God's 
army, supposedly meaning someone who's trying the best to live for his or her faith. Now, Flavio also started Italian Couture, which was a joint venture with Percassi, Antonio Percassi. Um, now, Antonio, he, they also owned the Zara Group, amongst many other ones, at a lot of fashion places. And um, Antonio Percassi also has the Jewish connections, Italian Jewish. He owned Crespi Dada, which is a World Heritage Site. He is the president of Fincer, who has pumped hundreds of millions into fashion malls and fashion brands. He's the president of the holding company Odyssea SRL. He's an ex-footballer for Atlanta in Italy and currently is the president of the Italian football club Atlanta. The company that he and Flavio um, started together was sold to the Jewish designer a German Jewish Jewish designer, Philip Plein, in 2006. Flavio then started Bay, Bay Capital, which is an independent investment firm linked to VJ Malia, who owned um, Force India. Now, India is currently trying to extradite VJ Malia uh, due to a lot of financial dodginess and a lot of things that we actually still don't know about publicly. What's interesting about that is he currently uses the same extradition lawyer used by Chilean dictator Augusto Pinochet. That lawyer just so happens to have been recruited in the last two weeks. Claire Montgomery QC is now Prince Andrew's lawyer. The final girl uh, that was discovered by Jean-Luc Brunet Brunel, sorry, was Sharon Stone, who I quote, she said, Israel holds a very dear place in my heart. She'd worked in Israel for quite a bit over the years. And Stone quotes, Shimon Perez was a very, very, very dear friend of mine. And we did a lot of wonderful things together. And Shimon Perez, as I think, I can't remember what have you mentioned before, if not both of you, was an Israeli politician who served as the ninth president of Israel, the prime minister of Israel, and the interim prime minister during, between the 70s and the 90s. He was also a member of 12 cabinets and represented five different political parties in a uh, political career spanning 70 years. I'm going to stop there. I've not blathered enough for just now. But yeah. Fantastic. Lots of good stuff in there. Um, I would point out, <clears throat> uh, not um, about anything you've just spoken about, but I think it's important to note that uh, we're talking about Israel, Tel Aviv, Russia, etc. Um, I think it is important to point out that Robert Maxwell was from Czech Republic, or Czechoslovakia, it was, as it was at the time. He... he um, so he wasn't from those places. Um, and what I was kind of referring to earlier was that he, he was also seems to be quite influential in a society as well as Mossad called Native, N-A-T-I-Vs or Native, whether the, um, <laughs> which is, seems to be a, a branch of an, an organisation called Shabad Lubavitch, uh, which is known for sharing houses, etc., with Mossad. Uh, and is essentially 
known for um, keeping in contact, looking after the interests of Russian Jews. So literally, with Robert Maxwell being a triple agent or suspected triple agent with Russia, Israel, and Britain, um, his upbringing lends itself extraordinarily well to that for the fact that he would have been, because obviously at that point Czechoslovakia was part of the USSR, or after the war it was part of the USSR, so his family, etc., in the, that area um, would have had the strong links to the Shabad Lukovic, um, and it would have given him an automatic in, if you like, into the, the, the Mossad um, side of things as well. Uh, why are we so keen on Mossad? As I said when we, we opened up, um, Mossad is an extraordinarily effective um, society. Society. It's a, it's a military organisation. How is it? Yes, it, it, it is. I'll give you some kind of... Um, points so so you spoke earlier on the you, you told us about one where they kidnapped a chap from no it was john wasn't it so you kidnapped him from rome um or who was it somebody so, so, uh, they uh, lured him, they lured him from london to rome, yeah. to rome and then kidnapped him from there took him away um a couple of ex-nazis the um they tracked down mm -hmm. to argentina uh, they sent in mossad caught them took them back to Israel, executed them, <laughs> which went down well with, the, with all the relevant countries, as you can imagine. So just taking people off or things. So Argentina complained about it, and the UN were kind of like, yeah, you know what, you really shouldn't have done that. But to be fair, yeah, he's not a good man, and he deserves everything he got. So there you go. Um, I don't know if uh, either of you guys have watched uh, the film Munich, which goes quite heavily into Mossad. Um, yeah, and uh, so it's a really good watch. It shows you exactly pretty much how they work, which is basically in the nineteen was it seventy four seventy Olympics, somewhere in the Munich Olympics. It was the Munich Olympics in the seventies, where um, Arab terrorists went and um, broke into the Israeli athletes compound um, and tried to kill as many as they could, and they killed a good few. Uh, and Mossad then, because they just they don't forget it's personal. They don't forget. Uh, and they went after these people and they found out who they were and they, they tracked them down and they did the needful. Um, now that's about the kind of characters. How effective are they? Well, if I told you that in August of 2001, Mossad contacted the USA and said, by the way, guys, heads up, um, you've got potentially up to 200 Arab assassins coming in to America as we speak with a large-scale target in mind, which was less than a month before 9-11. Um, it's quite an interesting thing. So the, the, the Americans didn't really take it that seriously at the time, couldn't get to grips with it. But yeah, so less than a month beforehand, they were, they, they were actually told by the Israelis 200 terrorists, Arab terrorists, have come into your country and they're after a large-scale large target. 
Um, so their intelligence gathering certainly seems to be to be interesting. So there we go. Um, John, have you got anything else you want to bring up for us? It's, it's funny, it's, I was actually going to talk a bit about Mossad. I mean, oh, mm-hmm. they, you've already touched on it. I mean, the, the, to me, they, they seem like, I know you've got like the CIA, you've got MI5 and blah, 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 blah. But see, Mossad, I think, are just on a completely fucking different level from from, from everybody else. And not necessarily look, not connected. No, no, no. I but that's what, that's what I'm going to come to as well. I think you know if you look at obviously this boy Ben Menash, how much of it is it's true? I don't know because he's I mean, he's he's about to release a book, so yeah, I think his book will be quite interesting as well. But hmm. some of some of his quotes um, yeah, are, are quite interesting, you know. Um, and I think you know if you think you know Epstein possibly could have been working for Mossad. Because look at the circles he moved in, look at the conversations he would have been in about world events and blah, 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 blah. You know, and you know, you've already alluded to it, like he had a house full of cameras and things like that, not just to catch. That, I think that's a lot of how he, he made his money mm. as well. He was obviously getting paid a lot as mm. well, because it's like you say, you know, you can't really link, like you've already said, you, you know, like Epstein's money, where did it come from? I reckon yeah. he was getting paid quite a lot of money, you know, to do like uh, through. Through, but I'm not saying Mossad directly paid him, but look, look at the people he was rubbing shoulders with and things, you know. So, and he would be an asset. He would have been an asset to Mossad as well, you know. Um, because Mossad are always one step. It's like you've already said, kind of Mossad are always one step ahead of everybody, or two steps ahead. And um, Epstein would have been part of their cog. Do you know what I mean? To keep the wheels turning as well. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, he was found like Clinton, you've already touched on. There's also the former uh, Prime Minister of Israel was good friends with Epstein as well, and he was on his planes as well. Uh, Ayud Barra as well. Yeah. So if you get people like that and get on planes, then, you know. So, yeah. No, ask me. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I just find it interesting, I think, to, to try to try and start kind of tying the things up. I mean, I think in this episode, what we're trying to say is like, they, these are the people that are surrounding them, and these are the people that are potentially behind them. And what was he doing it for? Now, it was stated, mm-hmm. you know, we mentioned paedophile, we, we mentioned there, you know, potentially, there's actually a lot stronger, I, I thought it was just reaching when I looked at the Maddie McCann thing, and it, that just started from just because nah. of the photograph, I'll have a look at it. And lo and behold, it's like, actually we're looking at <laughs> ways to, to bring all these people together, and, and what brings them all together is fucking Epstein. Um, madly, and, and that lead, to be fair, the great spot because about the Reddit, because actually, yeah, that's me. She was so prolific, she made it, she actually that's made me. it so obvious, you know? And, and, and what you're talking about here is kind of really what I was trying to build up to build, paint a picture mm. of is, mm. is what we discussed in the last podcast where you've got these rich, famous and powerful and corrupt people that have all been secretly, well, maybe not so secretly, but they have been working secretly together mm. across the world. And I do mean across governments. We're mm. talking across every single level across the world towards one shared goal. Now, there is a shared goal. Now, the goal that I believe is not to specifically harm, kill, or rape young children. 
or diddle a few or maybe thousands of rich fuckers out of their money. That's all byproducts of the big plan. And what we don't know is how long the plan's been in place and how many times the plan changes hand. But the plan is still in motion. That's for sure, because we still have people active. Now, the plan ultimately is obviously to gain control by any means possible. All lives are expendable. It doesn't matter to Mossad or to the powers that be who dies, because anybody that's in a position gets replaced overnight. So the pedo ring, as I said, is just a byproduct of their process of blackmail. That's what the pedo ring is. You find the people you need, you find out what their needs are and their desires, and you give it to them at an undesired and an uncontrollable cost. They don't know the ultimate fee of this. And the fee is the threat of their reputations versus their silence. And who dictates the fee is what would really are coming to here because this is who it's really all about you know and and as you say you know everything the plane the houses all of that that was hooked up for recording well for recording devices Ghislaine Maxwell admitted proudly in 1997 to Christina Oxenberg who's Prince Andrew's cousin and she made it very clear that it was all to be used for blackmail and she's quoted as saying that so it seems that all the powers that be are in the pocket. Whether they want to be and whether they want to play the part or not, they've got as little choice as they have an equal clue to the knock-on effects of each individual or even the end goal. I think they're just caring about the damage done to themselves personally and their reputation, but being held over a fire with it for their position, their knowledge, and their potential connections. That allows everything to happen which has happened for decades, the mere silence. We've only come out with this almost by accident. Everything's been repressed. Any witnesses that come out have been damned or fobbed off or what have you. So my theory may be wrong, but I believe, unfortunately, because every single person that I've mentioned today is Jewish and has some kind of Jewish, German, Jewish, Russian, or Jewish, Israeli connection, it runs too thick to not be suspecting Mossad. It's obvious, but that's not the real question. The only real question is why. So if my theory, do, if theory does stand ground, it's still, it's got to be for a reason. And I think that reason can only be, in my mind, for two things. And that is the new form of war with only two real outcomes. And that's Mossad blackmail the entire world for full control. Or they simply want, Kendall, as you've mentioned, revenge. And the revenge is the question on what? And you can debate that for as long as you want. But if we look back to how long some of these plans have been in place, maybe they've been in place since the end of World War II. And as I said, just because the king is dead doesn't mean that the new king won't be crowned. Interestingly, I looked into... Operation Paperclip, a little bit. Unfortunately, not enough. And it could be that one of our next podcasts is on Operation Paperclip, because as Kendall, you mentioned, there's a hell of a lot of connections there. There's a hell of a lot of names that when you find out the real names and the history of these people that are connected. Connected to Russian 
Israeli, German, British, American, Jewish backgrounds. And certainly when you look at what Operation Paperclip was, which was basically uh, America taking Nazis or people that fought in the war across to America, uh, allegedly and potentially in the first case, there seems to be an argument that it was predominantly to use them to win the space race. But the space race didn't really happen until a lot longer after World War II. So when you start finding, again, the names and the successors of certain people, you can see that there may be links to that. And so I'm throwing it out there, and I hope I'm not wrong, but maybe it is some long-term revenge for the Holocaust. It could be. Uh, the, what I, I, I'm also going to throw another suspect in. Um, because as I look at it, uh, and I it was pretty much saying, I think we, we, you guys all know, because um, we do a rough outline of, of what we're going to be looking at um, before we do these, uh, um, before we do the podcast, actually we'll finish up today, we'll, we'll do a rough outline of what we're going to do for the next one, etc. and say, right, okay, this is what I'm going to look at. And I went into this very much of the opinion that, that, that Mossad was, yeah, bang to rights. It was them in the story, and they're the kingmaker. They're they, they're the ones that, you know, they're pulling Epstein strings, who's collecting everything, everybody else, and you know they'll bankroll them, and everybody else will bankroll. But I'll be honest with you, the more I look into it, the more I'm getting drawn, I'm getting drawn towards yes, Mossad heavily involved, Shabad Lubavitch heavily involved, uh, with Nativ. Um, and I also think the people that would benefit from the control that we're looking at, who are incredibly good at it, especially these days just now, is the Russians. Yeah, and there's plenty of Russian links. There's plenty yeah. of Russian links and Russian money everywhere here. Eh? Mm -hmm. And the Russians are the ones that, you know, if you if you look at it, and they, they want control in America. They, they're the ones that at the minute, in society are trying to um, to increase the reach, trying to, trying to control. Um, and the more I look at it, it's like, right, okay, well, can you imagine, because we already established that Clinton was in, certainly Clinton was in their uh, pocket. Trump has already been kind of hinted at having Russian links early in his presence, and that kind of went away a bit, um, because he was um, very much rumoured to... to, um, to you know, they've interfered in the last election, etc., and all this kind of stuff. It was investigated and mysteriously kind of shut down, and he's fired however many FBI chiefs, etc. Um, but yeah, that's there's more to be looked at, I think, in that kind of area. And I think it's very cleverly done if it is through Native, because mm -hmm. that is very possibly fronted for a front for a lot of the Russian government activities. Um, but they've got very, very close links to Mossad. Yeah. You see, just, just very quickly, going back to uh, Jean-Luc Brunel, one of the ladies that he discovered, mm -hmm. discovered, as I mentioned, was Mila Jovovich. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that name is familiar with you guys, because yeah, yeah. you're so fucking old. But um, she I is... <laughs> she, she's an actress she mm. is uh, an American 
actress, if you Google her. Yep. Um, she was born in the U- Ukraine and um, moved around and swapped schools a lot when she was young. And there are reports from when she was at school as young as then that she was a spy for the Soviet Union. Interesting. Interesting. Well, it is, isn't it, really? Right. Okay, well, right. So, John, have you got anything? I think we're, we're getting close to, to, to pulling out everything out the the heart that we've got in this one just now. So have you got anything that you want to... Uh, to, to, to bring up um, to finish up with I, I, one thing I will say is if you actually look at uh, kind of I'll go back to Epstein and Maxwell if you actually look at both their deaths as well they're very kind of similar obviously suicide murder yeah not really mysterious yeah. never being yeah. included you know like you know they brought in three you know um they, they did three, you know, then, then Robert Maxwell was one of his three pathologists. One, one said he died of a heart attack, the other said he suffered a heart attack and drowned, and the other one said he drowned. So they couldn't, they, they couldn't agree on that. And then it's the same as they brought in an expert on the Epstein one as well. You know, so, uh, but it's funny, the, the timing of both of the deaths is, could it have been suicide? Because if you actually look at it at the same time, at the same point in time of their lives when, when they allegedly died or suicide or whatever, they were both getting everything taken away from them as well, mm-hmm. which is quite interesting mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, I, I, I firmly believe that. I think I'm on the same kind of lines as, as, as both of you. It's like, I think Mossad have definitely, you know, this is because this, it's like you say, it's probably going back. Because, Kendall, you've already alluded to it. I think either in this podcast last when you said, you know, um, or maybe we talked about it before we started. Is that they, they, they don't forget, you know? Yeah, and it's like exactly you said, that. like you know, like this could be going back right after the Second World War. Yep. You yep. know, this was. Um, I actually didn't. I didn't get it down, but Robert Maxwell. Um, you need to look up his letters to his wife because he talks about killing, and he talks about killing um, Germans. Yeah, and it's yeah, very, yeah, very yeah. interesting. You know, yeah. and he shows, he shows, I, I, I didn't get them, I, I'll need to get them, I've got them somewhere. And he shows absolutely fucking no remorse in oh, yeah. about killing, you know. But he, he know? fought so, in the Second World War, good enough, remember, because Jewish, like, obviously they were showing no mercy, but he fought in the Second World War and he actually won a medal for storming yeah. a, a, a German machine gun nest. Yeah. So he won the military cross um, for that, so. So yeah. it does begin to make sense after all then. And as you said, John, there with uh, Robert Maxwell tying up all his business affairs just before he snuffed it. Well, that's what Epstein did. And Epstein transferred all of his funds two days before he hung himself or whatever yeah. happened. But yeah. also, the, the, the with, what we haven't mentioned... Are, the deaths are quite similar because if you actually look at it, could it have been at the stage where the both of them, to who, you know, whoever it is, like you do the end game, well, they, they, they were expendable. They, they'd serve well, well, purpose. They were all expendable. They'd serve their purpose. Yeah. You know, and then could it be that, you know, obviously we've already, I've touched on already, like um, Maxwell was black was trying to blackmail uh, Mossad, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Could it have been that yeah. Epstein was trying to do it the fucking same them, yeah. thing? But I believe that they, they, they were expendable, so well, uh, they, they'd, serve, here, they, they'd both serve their purpose and then they yeah. move on to the next one. And the next one now, 
is Maxwell, but then who is it after it's that? It's like you say, you know, it's like you say, it's just like who's the next, who's the next person? Absolutely, yeah, every yeah, time. Absolutely. But, but and, uh, just one more thing I want to point yeah. out. Sorry, because we haven't we haven't really figured this, but from mm-hmm. everything that was said and the characters that we've looked at, mm-hmm. um, what is as John would say, quite prevalent, I find, mm-hmm. is when Epstein was actually arrested for the last time. Now, mm-hmm. a bit like the Madeleine McCann mm-hmm. investigation where absolutely everything, if you were making a Hollywood movie, you couldn't have written a script for how many things went wrong in the process. Mm-hmm. Well, the exact same thing happened during Epstein and his suicide, murder, disappearance, whatever. You, we spoke about this last time, the cameras not being there, fucking guards falling asleep because they're doing their online shopping or whatever it is. Everything everything there was nobody there and there was also the night before he held on well um the the <laughs> cellmate that he had was taken out now yeah. his cellmate was actually supposed to be on suicide watch for epstein so why the fuck would you have taken him out of there now what is interesting is that um if you look at how so when he got arrested it was actually the government corruption unit that put the cuffs on Epstein, the government corruption unit, not the feds, not the CIA, not police or anything like that. So was Epstein arrested for his crimes? Was he potential or, or potential corruption and the government officials who had helped him along the way? Or was he actually arrested simply to take him out of the equation? You've skirted enough. You're now a risk. To us, whoever the us. No, I, I, I have I have a theory on this. You'll be surprised to hear. You'll be amazed to hear. Yeah, yeah. Just when we yeah. thought we were fucking dying it all up tonight. You're I know. Stop yourself in for this. This this ties this ties it up. This ties it. Yeah, this ties it up. Right. So it was pure evil. We had yeah, it was. We have we have We have Epstein, right? Now Epstein is working, as I say, now for the Russian government and Mossad. So between the two of them, they've got this figurehead who is the fixer who kind of owns pretty much a lot of the, the, the most powerful people in the world, including American presidents. Now we know he has Epstein has close ties with um, Donald Trump, who was once a close friend of his. I'm not saying any more than that, as far as Trump is concerned. However, Last time we had the, the last podcast, part one, we talked about how I said that the politicians, the president, the politicians, all these people were trying to keep Epstein more or less safe. But the judges and the FBI were gunning for him. So they put him up in charges three times, the FBI, not the police, not whatever government departments are like that. The FBI went after him. Three times. Since Trump came into power, the Russian, the, the, the investigation into Russian interference in the, uh, in the elections was led by the FBI. Trump sacked, I think, two, certainly two, maybe three chiefs of yeah. the FBI. Mm, yeah, in, in my view, the FBI have gone to war with Trump 
knowing about Epstein. The FBI have gone after Epstein to get Trump. The FBI arrested Epstein, charged Epstein, and he was removed by Trump, Mossad, Russian secret intelligence. Because potentially Trump could have a bigger picture in this altogether, and that's how he's actually eventually gotten to power. Potentially, you know. Potentially, if he's close to the Potentially, but my my point is this has come out because Trump went to war with the FBI, not the other way around. Trump went to war with the FBI, and the FBI went, "Fuck you, we are going for you," and they're going. So that's what happened with JFK through Epstein. Mm. So that's my theory too. So and look what happened to JFK. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but that says so that's again. I say delicately, but let's not avoid the absolute facts. But the FBI and the CIA are heavishly, heavy, heavily Jewishly linked. All mm-hmm. the people at the top are Jewish, um, and I get all of the connections. And I do believe I need to come up with the names uh, that there might even have been three people through Operation paperclip set straight in at the top levels of the FBI. Well, there we go, folks. I think I, I think we'll leave this here. Um, I think we've done a, a pretty good job on this one. There's a lot. I mean, it's a two-parter and we could go on and we could speak for another four or five hours on this one. I think we've we've looked at Epstein. We've looked at his, um, his people underneath him, who he's used, etc., uh, and come to a conclusion that I think we all think that he's a pawn. He's the king, he's the king maker, he's supplies everything to everyone at a price. That price is either favours back, um, and if it gets nasty, then the ability to blackmail. Um, we think that he is run from behind the scenes by potentially Mossad, potentially Russian state, um, and Russian secret intelligence. And I personally think that the reason he's been caught is because one of his victims, potential victims in Trump, went to war with the FBI. I think it's probably an open secret how Epstein works, etc. They yeah. know about yeah, Epstein definitely. and they've gone after him. He's had to be removed by those that are doing it. And this has not ended because of Ghislaine Maxwell, etc., who is in full in full knowledge of all the facts in my, in, in, in my belief. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks and if we're proved uh, right or wrong. Um, but I think that's... We'll obviously that's... do another one next June when she goes to court, eh, if she's yeah. still alive. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she, makes, she makes it, you know, bigger. <laughs> she doesn't like... do a David Copperfield. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But anyway, so she's got a fucking, she's got a fucking submarine moored in the nearest marina. <laughs> <laughs> underneath, underneath the cells, mate. Yeah. But no, I, I'm, I'm, I have to say, I think we've actually tied a lot of strings together. I think we have tied a lot of strings together, and there's a cogent theory in there towards the end. So I think that's that's good. Uh, and uh, well, thank you very much, gentlemen, as always. And uh, thank you all for coming and joining us. I hope um, the last, you know, that's probably best part of three hours of, of listening to our voices on this one but I hope it makes a bit more sense to you all because that's what we're here for um, is to try and break through the nonsense and to get through to actually what's going on in the world so I hope we've done that for you and uh, we'll see you next time where I promise you it will be on a much uh, lighter um, subject and uh, take care of yourselves and we will see you next time
Chao. Adiós. Bye.